Listeners, if you love getting cash back like I do, then you've got to get the Get Upside app right now. Get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live. You'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card, and cash back will be deposited directly to your GetUpside account. There's no limit on how much you can earn. GetUpside even works with other coupons, discounts, and loyalty programs. First, you claim your offer. Find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. Second, you spend. You shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts. Check in to log your purchase, and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card, or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee, and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started. All right, welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show. And Amo Calamino here with you for the next hour talking talking about today. Talking about the NFL draft that passed. Were you happy with your team's draft? The NFL schedule's out, so we already know who's going to be going to the Super Bowl, apparently. The NFL signing or potential signing that has turned the sports world on its ear. And uh, some other things that we're going to jump into here today on the Gridiron Stud Show. But before we jump into that, Let's take care of a little bit of business. Uh, First of all, if you're whatever you're listening to us on, whether that's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you are using to stream this podcast right now, we'd appreciate it if you'd hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. We would hate for that to happen to you because we talk some really good stuff here on this show. So go ahead and subscribe to that. And um, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. Um, I say some good stuff every now and then. And um, you, get, you get some people mad every now and then from what I can tell. Yeah, well, you know, the truth hurts, as they say. So um, just like I might piss someone off during the, the hour that we're on here, I can do that to you daily on Twitter. If that's kind of what you're into. You know, speaking of Twitter, man, I heard uh, Dave Chappelle sum up Twitter quite nicely yesterday um, on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He called Twitter a bathroom wall. That's what it is. <laughs> You remember Chappelle, the Chappelle's, Chappelle's my guy. I love him. I don't know if it's the weed or if he's just a naturally perceptive guy, but he really gets into it there, and he's correct. Twitter he is. is a bathroom wall. It's um, I don't know if they do that in bathroom walls anymore. I haven't been into high school anytime recently, but um, yeah, bathroom wall. You'd write all kind of crazy, far out stuff there, and you didn't have to have any accountability because you wrote it and left, didn't leave your name <laughs> if, unless you wanted to. And um, it was usually the wildest stuff in the world. Well, I was at a fairly nice lunch place the other day, and I went in a stall, and they, they're still writing on them. So I'm assuming uh, a, a hobby of some. Yeah, I would imagine. But Twitter is definitely taking the place of pulling out your carving knife and carving something into the wooden you know, door uh, or, or pulling out a marker or whatever the case may be. But nevertheless, um, I do write on the bathroom wall that is known as Twitter. You can follow me there at Gridironstead. Go follow Emil on Facebook. Hey, you still on Facebook, man? Are they still letting you prowl around over there? I, I am. Can, can I, you want me to tell my little story of why I'm suspended man. for 24 hours? 
<laughs> the fact that you are suspended is just absolutely hilarious to me. It but is because yeah, you man, know me. I mean, like, like I'll, I'll debate with you, but I'm I'm not a mean spirited guy. Would you agree with that? Like, I'm not somebody that, that no, that, not no. at all. You're no. the jolliest Italian I've ever met. In yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll debate with you all day, but with a smile on my face. So anyway, somebody put up a story. Apparently, there's Harvard or Yale or both professors that were arrested by the feds the other day selling see they're doing research selling information to the chinese mm. seems like a good gig right i mean college professor and he's making some side coin selling what he's researching to the chinese so they arrest him mm. a guy puts up a story my only comment was if he is convicted that's that's a key right i'm allowing him a trial yeah <laughs> he should be hung for treason oh. i Hung for treason, okay? Which, by the way, a penalty for treason potentially is a death sentence. Now, I meant it more metaphorically. Mm. I'm not really into the death sentence anymore, believe it or not. We'll get into that at a different show. But I just meant it like, you know, that's really bad, okay? I guess I should have used the word electrocuted. I don't know what I did. They told me it violated their, their speech on violence. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm glad they clarified because, you know, you, you said – you said the guy should have been hung. You used the if, word hung. It could have been a porn reference. That sure, it could have been anything. But I said <laughs> if he is convicted, I, I even prefaced it, he should be hung for treason. I, I'm still trying to see where the violence is. I didn't say go out and hang somebody. Um, Man, I, I don't think know. they're just words that you know are triggered by. They have some kind of algorithm the same way that they feed you the stuff that you probably shouldn't see on your Facebook wall. I think they have some kind of algorithm that picks out words and um, they don't want someone to go hang themselves and blame Facebook. I don't, I have to, imagine. I don't know. You know what though? It's this, it, you know, it gets sent to somebody to review. It's most likely an under 30 year old. They're easily triggered. Okay. If, it, let's put it this way. If you get that, you're laughing. Okay. You're, you're saying, why is this guy showing up in my inbox right. for violence? And you're saying, no, he's not suspended for 24 hours. That's some under no, thirty year old who's triggered. Stop. Let me bear with me here. Now I'm off Facebook for multiple reasons. Sure. And I'm and to be honest, I don't miss it. But I have to imagine it must be very difficult to run one of these social media platforms with not millions, but billions of users saying whatever they feel like saying. How many employees could Facebook have and what it must be like trying to police the potential words? And fight off the multitude of lawsuits that must come their way because of the speech and the things that people say on that app. That has to be it has to be a daunting task. Well, we won't bore our football fans. You and I will talk about this up air off air. They can't get sued because technically they have an exemption which was given to them when them and Twitter and all and all these people got in business because they said, "Listen, we are not a paper. We're, mm. we're a platform. We don't." You know, we we don't edit. Yeah, what's sue on the there. person who said it. Not, not correct. Fair. But but don't sue now the bathroom they're... wall. Sue the person that wrote. Correct. It. And but that's the big debate right now because now they are getting into the editing business. Recently, you know, they're basically saying, "Well, you can say this, you can't say this. We're throwing you off. You could stay." So I mean, that's a big debate, not for a football show. But anyway, I am on a twenty-four hour suspension. I will be off tomorrow night if anybody wants to tell me the show sucks or I'm an idiot. Okay. Are you, are you going to need a ride when you get bonded out or, you know, when you hit the gate or 
my my <laughs> wife is sitting. Well, my wife's sitting here laughing. I mean, she was she was like last night she sees this because she knows like I'm just not a mean guy. Like she's like what? <laughs> boy was boy got himself banned. Banned. Way to go. Good job. Um, you know you should go in some kind of hall of fame for that. But, sure. But when he's not suspended, go check out Emil Calamino. <laughs> e E M I L C A. L O M I N O on uh, Facebook. He's uh he says stuff that gets him suspended. So you got definitely worth a follow. So uh, go check him out and uh, do us that solid. All right, Amo, what are we going to jump into here first? You know what I think I want to jump into first? Um, I want to jump into the Tim Tebow thing before we get into the NFL draft and the schedule and et cetera, et cetera. Sure. I'm, um, I'm annoyed really at this point uh, you know perhaps you have a different opinion over this thing than I than I do first of all I don't understand why and what gets people triggered in this uh, day and age in which we live um, I'm hearing people all pissed off about he's taking a roster spot from someone else okay he's taking a roster spot from who a guy that's most likely going to get cut anyway if I'm Urban Meyer, first of all, I'm going to run my damn football team. They hired me to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, earlier last week, a couple of weeks ago, all of you people on Twitter or social media were general managers uh, as the draft came around. Now you guys are head coaches telling the guy who's obviously had some success coaching who he should sign to his football team. And then in about three or four months, all of you are going to turn into football players trying to tell those guys what they should have done on a particular play. How about all these people just shut the hell up? How about that? Number one. Number two is I don't know what Tim Tebow is actually his actual job is going to be on um, the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know he knows Urban Meyer's offense. I know that. Number two, um, he's definitely a person you want to have in a locker room. He's definitely an inspirational guy. He does not have the physical tools to be a quarterback. We saw that. But even still, somehow, Emil, I don't know how people want to characterize it. Maybe it's luck, whatever. He had them 7-4 and four down the stretch in Denver that year, and they won a playoff game against a Pittsburgh Steeler team that obviously knows how to handle themselves in the playoffs. There's something about Tim Tebow. And if I'm Urban Meyer and um, I've won national championships with this guy and I was with him and won a Heisman Trophy, and I want to have him on my football team, damn it, I'm going to sign him to my football team. And you guys can just choke on whatever it is that you want to choke on. But it's just Well, he, well yeah, annoying. I mean, he, first of all, he's making a position change. He's, he's going to play tight ends. He's not going there to play quarterback. And okay? I doubt it's even going to be like a really a tight end. Urban it's going to be an H back. It's going to be an old Todd Christensen H back. Yeah, it's going to be an those. old. Sure, but I mean, here's a guy that's no doubt a phenomenal athlete. I think most people, I hope most people, can at least agree on that. I mean, no, they he don't. was. They don't. Well, they, they're poo pooing it. No, they, they listen. Then you just if you, if you can't agree, the guy's a phenomenal athlete. He's playing triple A baseball. I mean, you say what you want, but. You know, you can't just ask Michael Jordan. He played double A baseball. Ask him. Baseball is hard. (laughs) I mean, so so this guy is is a phenomenal athlete. He's changing positions, but I think this is really, if I may, deeper than him just triggering people. And this is this was always my fear over the last, I'll say, five years, where we started 
making sports political. Mm. Okay. I always like sports, it, you know, like you, you know, not just we're obviously like it, we're doing a show, but I mean, it was a refuge for me. It was a way to get away from the world where people got along. If you go into even a sports bar and you're watching a game and you like the same team, nobody says, what do you think about it? This, what do you think about that? You're just there to watch the game, high five in each other. If you played sports, you were on a team with guys that were different than you. Y'all, y'all got along usually, hopefully. Um, and you know, it was a way to bond, but somehow along the way, we decided to bring our everyday life even more into sports. And this is always my fear because now this to me is, is really is divided down racial lines. This issue, <clears throat> if you talk to people, they will tell you, well, Colin Kaepernick didn't get a shot, and, you know, because yeah. obviously it's going to be a racial issue. And to me, it's like, wait, wait, wait. The dude wants to play quarterback. This guy's not playing quarterback as far as I right. can tell. I don't I even mean, know how that came into a thing, but it's But it has. I've read multiple anytime articles. Anytime somebody gets signed now. Anybody gets signed. And Colin Kaepernick is still out there. Okay. And you and I have t- tackled this over the last 5 years since this all started with him. We hey, so well, let's we're be not honest, not let's be honest. If Colin Kaepernick had the kind of relationship or bond with a NFL head coach the way Tim Tebow has with Urban Meyer, he'd be signed. Sure he would. But when we've talked about this so years ago in that people will say, well, there's he, there's not 95 quarterbacks, you know, at least when he was playing better than Colin Kaepernick. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Once and we've covered this once he wasn't a first string quarterback any longer. He's not worth the trouble for most coaches because coaches don't want distractions. It's really that simple. It has nothing to do with the issue itself, it's it's this simple. If you are a distraction on a football team, you better be really damn good or else mm. I'm not keeping you around. That's sure. why Terrell, when Terrell Owens lost his, his physical gifts, he was no longer worth the trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's, it's that simple. Antonio Brown, same deal. Yeah, same deal. You know, and, and now Antonio Brown ate some humble pie, went to a guy, Brady, who kind of took him under his wing and said, hey, buddy, we can win some games here if you want to just calm down. And, you know, he needed that. But but he ate, he, he ate some humble pie because people were just like, hey, we don't want you anymore. Here's the and, other part of this thing, Emil, that really, really bothers me is that Tim Tebow is a good person. Good things happen to good people. And I don't understand why people can't get behind someone like this and root for him because we would root for all kinds of other people that got an opportunity like this, especially if they were out for six years or whatever the case may be. Um, we'll, we'll root for a guy with a checkered past. Well, again, now this goes to another issue. Tim Tebow is an unabashed Christian. It seems like if you're a Christian, because, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. it's because we don't throw people from buildings when, when, when they say something about Jesus. We just shrug and say, eh, we probably shouldn't say that. Right. But, you know, it seems like it seems like we're a target. And Tim Tebow's a target because, you know, God forbid, he took a knee and, and said a prayer after a touchdown to himself. Um, I've seen whatever. worse things. Well, I think we I think we all have. OK, but but the point I'm saying is I think that's another thing. He just tricked for some reason that really set people off. And I mean, I don't know if, if they just don't understand this guy. He walks the walk. Go look at some of the, the stuff that, you know, everything he, he's about is not for show. He quietly has a night to shine. Go look it up. He, mm-hmm. he takes special needs kids 
And basically across the country, this, this organization has a prom for these kids. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no question about it. He lives the life he talks about. Yes. I just don't understand why people can't get. He's not a hypocrite. You know, there's a lot of hypocrites out there that are, that are telling you one thing and doing another. This guy is what he says he is. And he's a good, like you said it best, simply. He's a good person. Why would you not? Good things should happen to good people from a pure football standpoint, because, you know, I've heard this argued on just a pure football level, Shannon Sharp being the main one of that. Um, I, I almost feel like in the, you know, pre-show meetings, um, they told Shannon, you're going to have to take the anti Tim Tebow thing, um, side of this thing. And, you know, Skip, you'll take the pro Tebow side. So he's going real hard and he's talking about the pure football part of it. Um, you know, he's, he's six, he's six, two, he's six, three. How's he going to be a tight end? Da, 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 you know, as an H back, blah, 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 blah. Hey, listen, Trey Burton also from Florida is six, two, 238 pounds. And he's been quite useful in this league. 159 yeah. catches, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, quite useful in this league. Tim Tebow's six foot three, 245 pounds. I see him being a Trey Burton. That's Let's what I see. see. Again, and here's the thing. This is Urban Meyer's team, okay? The, the Jaguars have been trash for a long time. He's, he's there to try to fix it. And maybe he will, maybe he won't, but he has a methodology in his head. There's 63 guys on a football team. 53 active, 10 on the practice squad. If he's good enough to help that team, whether even if it's because he likes him in the locker room and the way he handles himself and because he's a winner, mm-hmm. then f- so be it. I'll take him as my number 63 guy versus, you know, a backup offensive guard who, who, who you know, I might not might not see the field for four years. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? That, yeah. That's Urban's call. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? I mean, there's 63 guys. If he makes the team, like like Shannon Sharp's going into, nobody said he's going to be an all-pro tight end. Nobody's claiming that or an all-pro H-back. Right. Right. Um, and you know what it is? It's basically an invitation to camp. And maybe you make the team, maybe you don't. The only thing I would say for Urban Meyer here is the way you care about this kid. You might have put yourself in a jackpot if he doesn't, if he's not, if he doesn't look the part, if he's not worthy of being on that roster. Now you got to turn around and cut your son, basically. Well, I'm going to make a prediction. Tim Tebow won't do that to him because Tim Tebow, you know, has been successful at everything he's done in life. And people like that, they don't hang out when, when, you know what I mean? They know when, when it's passed them by most of them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he'll do that to Urban Meyer. I really don't. I think if he's there and he feels I'm not competing or I can't help this team, you know, I'm, I'm too, cause he's 32, right? I mean, not that that's old, but in football years, it's getting up there. Maybe he'll, if he sees his athletic ability, isn't what it was. I bet you, I bet you he'll gracefully bow out. On a the last person to see that is the athlete. Though. I, I, will I understand that. that. Listen, every box, every great boxer except Floyd had to be knocked out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Put to sleep and Floyd still, I mean, he's boxing YouTubers, but you know, <laughs> no. how long are yeah, you going to do this? I don't think God he's going to take that chance. God forbid if he ever gets snuck on the chin by a YouTuber. It'll, that would just be such a terrible way for a career to end. But, yeah, man, um, it has annoyed me that it annoys people that this guy on the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team you guys typically just don't give a damn about, are suddenly triggered because this man's going to be added to the 90-man roster. 
um, come camp. People forget he's from Jacksonville, by the way. Uh, well, so yeah, the whole get- thing is the whole thing's just funny to me because it's like we, they spend so much time the public they. You know the the social media yeah. universe on a guy wall, like yes. right on a guy like this. Okay, yet they'll go to a game with a jersey on of a player who who got arrested and hit his girlfriend or wife or whatever or yeah, did something drug else. Four flights of stairs and they're cheering. But like, hey, but hey, he can really throw a football, can he? <laughs> that's that. That's where we are. Um, yep. In this day and age, but all right, what are we going to do about that? All right, um, it passed several weeks ago. Um, obviously I was heavily involved emotionally, um, in it, but the NFL draft has passed. Um, Amal, I got to tell you, man, I don't love what your team did. You know, we obviously talked about it by text, sure. but, um, it's the, if I, if I say what I said about Urban Meyer in the last segment, um, I don't know that I have the, um, I guess I don't have. I, can't, I really can't say the same thing about Jerry Jones. It's his football team, um, and it's it's their it's their you know administration, and it's their front office, and they can pick who they want to pick. But there were some picks there I didn't understand um, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I know you were one hundred percent in on their draft, so you can talk about it, and I'll throw my comments in on there. Well, well I'm with you. Listen, I'm with you in this sense. As you get older, you're supposed to get smarter because you don't get prettier. So, so at least your brain's supposed to get better. So, um, years ago, I, you know, I would sit there and try to figure this stuff out. What I've realized is a couple things. Specifically with with the Cowboys, there's this misnomer that Jerry kind of makes these picks all by himself, and it's really not true. I've read enough on this. It's they have a pretty big room, and everybody gets a say, and it's not Jerry saying, "Well, there's nine guys here, I get ten votes." Willie McClay is their director of player personnel. He's been offered numerous GM jobs in the NFL, turned them down. He's got golden handcuffs on him. He's the director of player personnel. Jerry mm-hmm. pays him a boatload of money. He's very good. ESPN's done some analysis in the last like seven or eight years. They're right up there like behind the Ravens with pro bowl players they've drafted. Um, so I'm just going to defer and say, I guess they have an idea of what they're doing. I'm hoping. Um, and with any team at this point in my life, I can talk to you as a friend and say, hey, what, you know, I can't figure out what they're doing there. But at the end of the day, these teams do this all day. I hope they know what they're looking for, and I'm going to assume they know more than me. That's all I can do with all of them at this point. I can't sit here on a show and tell you, geez, I can't stand what the Raiders did in the third round. I might think yeah. that in my head, but you know what? They should know their football team a hell of a lot better than some meatball like me. You know, and when you say that, um, we still have bust every year. A good portion of um, these draft picks are going to bust. Sure. Um, and it's, so it's a gamble. It, it, You're buying it, lottery tickets. There's no It kind of sure goes thing. against what you said, though. It goes against what you said because, you know, they're supposed to know, quote, unquote. Um, but even mm. with all that, guys still um, don't don't mis- don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying they know if the player is going to be successful or not. Mm-hmm. All I what I'm saying is they should know their process. They should all have a process in place to take players that fit whatever scheme they're going to run. That's what I mean by they should know. I don't, nobody knows. Even the first pick, Trevor Lawrence, we all think he's going to be successful. We've seen his college career. There's no reason to think he won't be successful, but no one really knows. Everybody thought Ryan Leaf was going to be successful. He was the second pick. We know we can laugh now at it because 
We know what happened with Ryan Leaf, those of us who are old enough to remember Ryan Leaf. But nobody knew when Ryan Leaf went second overall. Nobody said, oh, yeah, he's going to suck. <laughs> I got to go didn't. back and think whether or not I might have said that. But I do know I, I didn't believe Peyton Manning would do anything in this league uh, close to what people thought, you know. Of- I didn't. I, I know that for a fact. I remember watching him in college. And, and, and uh, you know, all I remember was Steve Spurrier making the famous quote, you can't spell citrus without a U and a T. Cause he right. Yeah, because they used to just beat them like a drum. Yeah. Um, but that just goes to show a lot of it has to do with where you end up um, and just what ends up being around you. You know, they ended up turning an offense into something. They created an offense for Peyton Manning. Um, and he ran his own deal. And because of that, he was able to be that guy. Had he been forced into someone's system, mm-hmm. um, Peyton Manning might have been a bust in the National Football League. So on top of whether or not these guys are actually good football players. And, I, you know, Emil, a- I have to tell you, if you get this far to where you're drafted, you're a good football player. You're a good football player. That's the thing the fans forget. Now, I'll be, specifically, you and I have the same question in the Dallas draft. They went through, I have no problem with Parsons because I think the kid's a phenomenal specimen. Um, and they need somebody that's a little bit nasty on that defense, as as you can tell from watching their run defense last year. I had no problem. The second kid, listen, he has character issues, no doubt about that. And I know you have big concerns with that, as do I as a fan. In Dallas, the, you know, yes, being yeah. in Dallas. But. The talent is there. Okay, but here's where, my, where it, gets, it gets hairy for me. I could live with the second pick. I could live with the third pick. The kid from Iowa is a, a big, strong, and the kid from UCLA, the, those two picks I were fi- I was fine with. They need defensive linemen. The one kid from Iowa is going to be an end that can play the run. Hopefully he's stout. Uh, the under-tackle kid from UCLA is quick. I'm fine until they get to the corner. I honestly didn't know what they were doing. They took – that's your specialty. They take this corner from Oregon State, 6'4". Kid's got some ability, but I saw him as like a sixth round pick, maybe seventh round. Um, he can run, but they take him in the third round. I'm sitting there going, what are they doing? But here's the thing. I got to think a couple things. They have to have some clue that somebody else is at least interested in him to take him in the third round. I mean, if they really think he's lasting to the sixth or seventh round, I can't see, even though Mel Kuypers of the world say that, I can't see them doing that. The other thing is like you always used to say, if you want a guy and he's your guy for something you specifically envision, mm-hmm. then you go get him. And now I don't necessarily understand it. I know you didn't, um, <laughs> but sure. But I mean, that's what they, and here's the thing the, the, the guys like Kuiper will say, Oh, they overdrafted him. Well, sure. Based on, on what we, they did, but in the next round, they got the, the linebacker from LSU Cox, which is considered a steal. A bargain, Great yeah. Yeah. A bargain. So the stuff kind of evens out in that respect. I don't know what Wright's going to do. I don't know enough about the player. I don't watch a lot of Oregon State football. I really don't. I mean, you don't either. Do you, do you watch any? <laughs> well, because they have to play USC once in a while. So yeah, I have never. I, I, in the last uh, five, six years, maybe even longer, I've not watched an Oregon State football game on purpose. Um, so... Yeah, and part of me as a fan, you know, as a fan, you know, and having some personal interest in this, uh, for those who don't follow the show, Chad's son was picked by the Arizona Cardinals in the next round. Um, you know, I was confused by the pick. I mean, uh, his son tested out incredibly well at his pro day. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, well, I can get this kid from Florida 
who happens to be my friend's son mm. in the third mm. round. And why Wouldn't are we taking this guy? Yeah. Why are we taking this guy? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, let me just get it out of the way right now. I think, yeah, I think Marco Wilson was the best bargain pickup in this draft. Let me just throw that out the way. I think what we have here, Emil, with the, with the drafting of the kid out of Oregon state is that uh, I know as coaches, you tend to become beholden to um, players and type of players that you've had success with in the past. Uh, and so for, um, for the Dallas Cowboys and what they're going to do on defense and, you know, who their defensive coordinator is. He was a, he was a coordinator for the Legion of Boom. And you had one guy 6'3 on one side and you had a six foot four corner on the other side. And it worked for you. And you had an all-time great defense. And it's the best your defense has ever looked at any level, um, especially in the NFL. So I think he was looking for those kind of traits. You start getting, falling in love with traits for certain players, in particular, the physical traits. And so I think he's looking to try. Well, and I'll say this that. about Dan Quinn, to be fair. What I've heard from him so far is like press conferences. He's authentic. You can't fake the guy's authenticity. I mean, he come, he yeah. brings it. I mean, he's, he's genuinely excited. And I know one of his big things in all his defensive players, he keeps talking about length. He yeah. loves length. He likes his defensive ends to be long with wingspans. Yeah. That's his deal. So, I mean, I, I don't know. He, he won a Super Bowl in Seattle as a defensive coordinator. Again, he knows more than me. I mean, yeah. I can have an opinion, but I'll defer to Dan Quinn for now yeah, until I roast him when they give up 30 in the first game. Exactly. <laughs> Ultimately, whether or not I like the draft that they put together or whatever, it is It is what you said. You know, this guy knows more about the game than I do. He's been coaching um, at the NFL level, um, and he knows what he's looking for. And, you know, the fact that it doesn't work out might not necessarily mean you drafted the wrong guy. It's just things didn't fall into place. I know this now more than ever. I've always known it, but I've known it now more than ever. Um, sometimes things are just out of your control. Um, and then also, you know, what a player is able to do at the next level has a lot to do with where he ends up and player development and things of things of that nature. Uh, you know, I got this question for you, Emil. I don't know if you have it in front of you. Um, if you don't, you know, maybe I'll give you a chance to do it. I, I don't, if you had this committed to memory, it would be really outstanding, but <laughs> I want you to tell me, um, what do you think was the best pick in the first round of the draft? So it's, it's a couple of things that you got to factor in here. The player is, the, you know, the, the level of player, um, the team that he went to and then how basically he fits the scheme or a need that they may have had there. I'll say a couple of things about the first round. I do like the, the, the Lions passing on some of the things they've done in the past, which is grab a receiver, grab a corner, um, and, you know, to pick a position that, where they have some abundance. They've done that in the past um, and decided that they were going to get some protection for their quarterback and get Panay Sewell because um, I know they probably wanted to do some other things there. They may have gotten forced into doing this, whether they did or they didn't. I think it was a good move for them to do that. I also like the Chargers doing the same thing in protecting your young franchise quarterback um, that performed well for you last year and looks like he's going to be a mainstay at that position for you. You go and you get Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. But call me an old t – and, and listen, obviously in this draft, Amo, more than any other draft that has happened, I have some personal relationships here. Obviously, three, the three kids that played for me in a secondary in high school all picked in this draft. So I'm not even going to 
be a homer and touch on any of them when I talk about these things. I'm kind of excluding them from this conversation as I talk about the draft. So I obviously love Patrick Sertan going to, to, to Denver. I mean, just knock that out of the way. But I'm sure. talking about other guys. And for I me, know who my favorite was. I mean, and I'll tell you the only reason is you, you, you kind of stole my thunder. Um, was the Lions, and I, only because they're the Lions, okay? I mean, I hate – no, I mean, be honest. I mean, let's be We're serious. giving them a sticker for doing something right. Can you scratch right. the I mean, sticker? Four, right, four, that's four, true. It's eight to me. It is eight to me. Thank you, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. The Chargers almost had nowhere to go. I mean, Slater fell in their lap. I mean, it, it was coming down between the Cowboys taking Slater or Parsons. Mm-hmm. Cowboys like Slater. Once they passed on Slater to take Parsons – if the Chargers don't take him, you're scratching your head, okay? I mean, they almost had no place else to go because yeah. they have a quarterback, they have some running backs, they have some talent outside, but let's face it. I mean, it, they could have traded out of the pick, too. They could have, but he was getting killed last year. He was running for his life, and I think that just made sense. But the Lions showed some tremendous discipline. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like if you don't have that, that blindside tackle secure in the NFL, your offense never really runs right. And you can scheme around some weaknesses, maybe, say, taking a receiver. There's a lot of receivers that came off the board. I'm not saying they weren't worthy of it. But I kind of feel like you can find receivers. Sometimes you get lucky, you get them in the second round where they're really Mm -hmm. good, like a DK Metcalf. Uh, You can find a corner or maybe potentially hide some weaknesses at corner through pass rush or coverage. But you, you just can't hide your blindside tackle. You can't. It's almost impossible. Yeah, you I know? wonder if some of these teams were spooked, um, so to speak, by what happened with um, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Well, um, if they were, it wasn't the Bengals. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they, they just the blew Cincinnati right by. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's going to Cincinnati. They blew right by Sewell and Slater and said, you know what, give us another receiver. We'll take another, please. Yeah, well. You know, now, I've heard arguments. Listen, I've heard arguments to to say, listen, if your receivers can get separation quicker, you know, you can get the ball out quicker and thereby mitigate a little bit of weakness in your offensive line. I don't necessarily subscribe sure, to that. School. Sure, I I always depend on a rookie to get separation. Sure, uh, but I mean, my thing is, I like I always say, if you the way I I view football very simply, if you can't block the play, you're not going to move the ball. So I like a, a stout offensive line. I don't really, you know, I know it sounds obvious. Well, who doesn't, right? But I'm saying if I'm given a choice and I got a guy that I think could be a stud at that position for 10 to 12 years and, and I need that, I'm not missing on it. In other words, like I, I'm the Bengals. I need a left tackle. <laughs> I'll yeah. find the receiver somewhere else. <laughs> so I like I mean, what the were, Lions did. There, there were a lot of them in this draft, but um... – it's Cincinnati. You know, what are you going to do? Let me just Which, say this. Yeah. Um, my favorite pick in this mm-hmm. first round. And you can call me old school or whatever the hell may be. I hate what has happened to this position. But I absolutely love the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting Najee Harris, running back from Alabama, um, in that first round. Pittsburgh has been and will probably always be, at least in our lifetime, a good football team when they have a running back. And – um, they picked arguably the best one in this draft. I happen to really like the Travis Etienne, who was picked right after him by the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I think it's a great What about the Carolina the running backs? How did you feel about both of those kids? The North uh, Carolina I, running backs. No, they're good. 
Definitely, yeah. definitely good. Um, I just think Najee Harris is that guy. I like, you know, I like Alabama running backs. Um, and so I think he fits in well. And then it's also Pittsburgh does very well in a draft too, by the way. So the, listen, the Steelers pick, I have no problem with Harris, the player. I think, you know, he's, I think he's an incredible talent. I have no problem where they took him. My only concern with Harris is, and I know what they're thinking again, they're going to the opposite of almost what I said with receivers. Mm-hmm. Well, he can help our offensive line. He'll make them look better. And he can help Ben, okay? And I get all that. But here's the thing. Their offensive line is atrocious. And I never thought I'd be saying that about, you know, the Steelers are kind of known for, like, running the ball, being mm-hmm. being stout up front. They have a bad offensive line. I think at where they were picking in the first round, Emil, there wasn't anyone for them to really fall in love with to take with at that pick. Yes, she could have traded out of it. But at that pick, you had a chance to get a running oh, back. Oh, no. Really you have no that. problem. You know, I have no problem at that pick taking a running back like him. So – Yes, it's a good pick in that sense. I just I, I hope he I, I hope that they have some sort of plan I'm unaware of to, to, to be, you know, either you know, through through some guys in free agency that perhaps I haven't paid attention to to improve that offensive line so he doesn't go there and you know, not have success that first year and get, you know, you know how that works. A lot of times a guy will come into the league and he's not having success, especially at a position like running back. And it's because and especially the being are... from Alabama too, um, where you've had yeah. nothing but success. But I mean, they tried to address it in the third and fourth round. Um, I don't know those guys that they picked. You know, an offensive guard, an offensive tackle. Um, I'm going to trust the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. Um, and 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 say hopefully those guys are good enough to let a guy like this really really get loose. But just a favorite pick of mine, without really looking at that. No, no, no. Part. I agree. Listen, they got value. They got like you said, arguably the best, most accomplished running back in the draft, guy's an animal, and they got him in the 20s. So, I mean, how can you argue with that? And you're, you say your, your favorite was, was Panay Sewell? Sure, because it's the Lions, and I couldn't believe they did this. I, 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 believe it or not, not less, we have a mutual friend. I have a guy up here who's a Lions fan, and I texted him, and when I saw he was on the board, I said, they, it's got to be Sewell. Please, I said, don't do something stupid. He goes, they'll never take him. He goes, it's the Lions. Yeah, they took they're going to redraft Calvin Johnson. Yeah, with this yeah right, right. <laughs> and they did it. And, you know, we were both, I, you know, I looked and I said, maybe they are turning the corner. Maybe the Lions yeah, are uh, finally. The, the dawn of a new day in Detroit where we do yeah. the right things. Um, uh, note to Cincinnati. But anyway, um, you know what? What Give me your feeling. And we both got maybe duped here a little bit because I, I thought it to be a smokescreen, San Francisco taking Mac Jones. But I've got to admit, as things got closer and that steam um, really started rising off of that, I started to feel like that might be what happened. Um, but give me well, your yeah, feeling I think about I, I don't have – I'm not against as, – as, a, as a, a player, I don't mean I'm anti-Mac Jones. He had a great season. But I'm not – you know this. I'm just not a big fan of quarterbacks from Alabama's and Ohio State's and USC's generally where they have tons of outside talent. You know, uh, uh, I, I think a lot of times you're throwing at grass. In other words, there's your guy and a lot of grass. So, you know, people say he always throws the ball to the right spot. Well, you had two sure, receivers yeah. taken in the first 12 picks. I'm going to say they were open a lot of times too, like way wide open. <laughs> well, and if, I mean, looking at it further, um, you threw to four guys over the last two seasons that were all first-round picks. 
Um, Correct. Uh, and your running back, by the way, was a first-round pick. Um, so, linemen, linemen yes. So, again, and that's not his fault, okay? He won no. a national championship. But I'm just not – I like guys from Power 5 conferences that played at schools that are, you know, the type of schools where they're gritty. They have seven and five seasons, eight and four, but the, it's way above expectations. Guys are at their feet. They're running out of the pocket, making plays. Oh, that's UCLA every season. <laughs> well, yeah, or oh, Purdue. Yeah, or Purdue. Yeah. But you know what I'm trying to say. I right. mean, I like guys that played against top competition, but they didn't have necessarily all the top guys playing with them. It's why I do prefer Mac Jones – in New England over San Francisco, because I feel like his timetable would have been accelerated had he landed in San Francisco. In New England, it's not. And you could, you know, have him go through practices, try to teach him the offense, which, you know, he's obviously an intelligent guy and will, you know, sure. not have a problem picking it up, but he doesn't need to get on the field right away unless something catastrophic were to happen to um, Cam Newton. Or and, something. I, and I know that I'm not trying to be funny here, but they're going to have to teach him that when a guy is open by, by a step, he's opened. Yes, or you throw to a guy in coverage sometimes. Right, um, right. I mean, I, I know that sounds funny to people out there. Like, you're, I'm trying to be a wise guy, and I'm really not. They're going to have to teach him that a, a step in the NFL is opened because he's not used to seeing that. Believe me, he's not. Oh, no. And <laughs> I see that in recruiting in high school when, um, you know, every now and then a kid will come from – um, up north, and they'll, they'll they'll transfer down here and go play at you know a place like St. Thomas or something like that. Um, and they'll struggle early on because those windows um, close really really fast down here in in the state of Florida because it's a different type of athlete that you're going up against as opposed to the one you were going up against in Delaware. And so it's yes. the same thing when you go to the league. Sure, sure um, it is. Yeah, and so does I, really I, I'm not really sure about the kid again. I'm going to trust San Francisco. I think Shanahan knows what he wants. But, uh, again, these guys, a la Carson Wentz, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a jump to me when, when they have to come in. I mean, I'm not saying there's not good football players at that level. What I'm saying is there's not as many of them. So right, right. You, you can get away with just being the best athlete on the field sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, no question. Give me your thoughts on – I actually like – Justin Fields going to Chicago. You like that? I actually like it. Yeah, I do too. I don't have a problem. He played in that weather. Again, we've always talked about where the warm weather guy, he, he's played now at Ohio State. He's played in bad weather. Um, he's used to that. Chicago's got some of the nastiest weather in the NFL, that in Green Bay. Uh, so I don't think weather should be an issue. He's played in it. Um, like you know, it. I don't know if I love it. We'll have to see. I think it's a spot. A lot of pressure. Got. It's a lot of pressure. They haven't had a big time is, quarterback since McMahon. Is it really though? Is it? Is it? Is it really? And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna challenge you on what you just said there. But is it really? He was the fourth guy taken. Um, so, but they yeah, gave up a ton 11. to get him. They gave up a ton to get him. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the fan base there is is they're an original team. The, the, they're it's a, it's a an avid fan base. Chicago loves the Bears. That's that's the, that's their city. That's the, you know the, it's a bear town in there. Mitch Trubisky too, though. 
that helps. You're coming in behind Drew. Yes, it'll help a little, but believe me, that fan base, they, they think he's the savior. I, I, I just got that feeling. Like, they know that, you know, as soon as we can get, get, get Trubisky out of town, somebody volunteer to give him a ride to the airport. Okay? <laughs> that's that's the feeling there. Get him you know, to the man, airport. I thought that guy got a raw deal the last year, to be honest. He looked like a guy that was improving – um, and they came in with the whole Nick Foles thing, and I thought, you know, they kind of pulled the rug from up. Well, the Bears you know, don't do quarterbacks. Up. That's the problem. The Bears haven't had what, – who's the last really successful Bears quarterback I, yeah, since you know, McMahon? I was challenge, you said McMahon, but like McMahon wasn't that great of a quarterback. No, he but he won. He, he was moments. great in moments that he won, with though. The, That's what they remember. Hey, listen. Yes, I get it. With an all-time great defense – he won a Super Bowl. If we're not going to give Trent Dilfer credit, can we really give Jim McMahon credit? Yeah. I okay, then let's – if we take wrong. if we take McMahon off the board, I mean, you know, we're back to Vince – we're back to Vince Evans. And while I love Vince from USC. Vince wasn't good either, man. No. I mean, so, what are we going back to, like the 50s or back, something? Yes, we're going back to no face mask time and leather helmets. We're going, you know – so I mean, these guys. We're these guys Sammy are. Bond. Listen, the Bears fan base is like. I mean, they're like a guy who's been in jail for twenty years, and they see their first girl when they get let out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean they. Listen, <laughs> people, people had. I heard someone say the same thing. That's why I t- you know jumped on the whole Jim McMahon thing. Um, I do remember moments with Jim McMahon. I was out. You know, I was obviously a teenager. I was in high school. Um, during their whole run at the time that he was there, I remember him coming off the bench after being injured on a on a Monday night against the Vikings and throwing a bomb, and he was carefree and he had the shades and the neck back. But I said, you know, let me go look at this. And well, do you know the year that they won that Super Bowl? He threw eight touchdown passes. Now he didn't start and play all the games. He threw eight touchdown passes. He never threw for more than twenty three hundred yards in his career. He never threw for more than 15 touchdowns in his career. Oh, listen, you don't have to – McMahon was was as much about the persona and the charisma. And you remember he had – what was it, F. Roselle on, on the headband or something? I forget yeah. because he had this yeah. – I mean – He was Bosworth at quarterback. Yes, he was. I was. Just, I, you know what? Sometimes I, you scare me. I was about to say he was. He was the pro version of Brian Bosworth when Absolutely. Brian Bosworth was at Oklahoma. Yes. So yeah. I get it. You know, he wasn't a great thrower of the football. This was not Dan Marino. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. He was sufficient for what the all the other stuff they had: sweetness, the outstanding defense. You know, he just he did what he had to do there, and they won a Super Bowl in 1984. But and it was a different era. Don't forget the the, the whole game plan back then was okay. We're going to pound you to pudding with our defense. Offensively, we're going to run sweetness about 35 times a game, and every once in a while, off play action, we're going to have the sprinter we got named Willie Gall run 50 yards down the field, and as long as you can reach him, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, McMahon, the ball is going to scrape the ground on his on his. You know, he's, he's trying to lean to throw this ball to Willie Gall. But you yes. know what? I will say this: if one of these days when we really want to get into football, those Chicago Bears kind of spearheaded what we have in football today, um, because people had to figure out a way to get balls to receivers with what they were doing defensively, and that's when San Francisco came along. Um, and really upped what it is that they did and started putting the football in the air. And it just kind of showed people a new way. Bill Walsh 
figured out a way to, you know, win throwing the football. And it just kind of kept moving into this direction that we have um, today. But nevertheless, um, was there anything else in the first round that you really, really liked? I got to say this, the Giants pick, some say it's a little early. They went out and got – they have a bunch of receivers now. The Giants have decided to stockpile certain positions. Um, I love Kadarius Tony. He dazzled um, – you know, he amazed me this whole season going to Florida games and seeing all of them in person. Um, I just wondered at 20, was that exactly what they needed to do? Well, I like gonna- the Giants pick in the context of this. Um, I think they're trying, they need to find out if Daniel Jones is their guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, what are we into year three here? He's going to yeah. have a healthy Squam Barkley back. Hopefully he won't, he'll stay healthy. They, they've, they've got some receivers there. I think they wanted to add a young, talented receiver. And in light of what they got for trading back to 20, okay, after they missed out, they were very pissed at the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, yeah. I had a couple of Giant fans that are just livid that the Cowboys would help the Eagles. And I said, well, that's your GM's fault. Pick up the phone and tell the Cowboys, we'll give you a second-round pick so you don't trade it to the Eagles. Give it to us. I mean, that's really sure. what it comes down to. Just outbid them if you want, Smith, that bad. But anyway, in lieu of that, they traded back capital next year I think a first and a fourth next year and they got a talented receiver anyway so again I think they could have used it on other stuff I thought they already had receivers but they may want to say listen we want no doubt in our mind that our quarterback had plenty of of talent outside and we need to evaluate because if he's not the guy after year three then next year you got to start thinking another quarterback Poor Daniel Jones. It's a setup, kid. Run. It's a setup. But no, don't um, you think that's part of the thinking? I mean, they have I to mean, start yeah, thinking. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean. Obviously, or you just get weapons for your for your guy. I like Daniel Jones, by the way. I'm my, I'm in the minority now, but um, I, I like the guy. I don't know. Maybe I just was really hoping and dreaming of seeing Kadarius Tony in Kansas City with Andy Reid. And just well, I, th- I will say this. With. The Giants went back to 20. I think if the Dolphins don't take Phillips at 18 – the Giants probably go edge and, and take Phillips. You might be right. Um, that might have been what they were thinking about. I like the Redskins pick, even though I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I thought I thought the linebacker from Kentucky, Davis, will, will, will uh, you know be he'll run to the ball and make a lot of tackles behind that defensive line. I think that's yeah. I have a I have a feeling Washington's going to be good, Not much to your chagrin and maybe defensively mine. they will be. But there's a reason Fitzmagic has been a lifelong backup. I mean, you know, at the end of the day. In an era where everybody has a night rating and above, the guy's a lifetime like eighty-one. I mean, he's he throws some really odd balls at times. So. This this might be his year, but yeah. All right, so that's it in a nutshell. We're not going to be these complete and total draft nicks that go through the whole draft and sit here and tell you uh, and talk to you about um, Minnesota's fifth round pick of Zach Davis, a tight end from Central <laughs> Missouri, and pretend we know who the hell that is and what he does. I am going to, I think if time allows, I'm going to get more into the draft next year since, you know, I'll be rid of a lot of my personal interest in it. This next segment though, Emil, I think I'm going to let you take the lead on it. Um, It's not, and I don't want to sound a certain kind of way. It's not something that I get overly excited about, which is the NFL schedule coming out. I understand people um, getting excited about it. Me, um, I'm more, you know, I've got a different thing going off in my head when the NFL schedule is coming out because I've had a son playing in the NFL for the last four years. Now I've got two of them in there. So I'm just basically trying to figure out what my Sundays 
are going to look like and where I'm going to potentially be each Sunday, Monday, and who's got the Thursday night game and can we get to the to the to the Sunday game and then get to the Sunday night game. So that's really where my mind is. But um, for most of the other fans out there, it's just trying to line up their team well, season and figure well, out well, how their team well, could go. Let me couch. Let me couch this for you. Number one. I only look at my team's complete schedule, the Cowboys, because I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not one of these guys that sat here and perused all 18 weeks of the NFL schedule. That's right, 18, because there's 17 games plus your bye week. I think there's 18 weeks this year, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't go through. All I cared about was week one. I'm like Tim Allen's character in that tool time. He got caught by his wife once at dinner. He had a, a transistor radio in his ear. He was listening to the Lions game. It was set at Michigan. And there, she's telling him something romantic. And all of a sudden, he yells, touchdown. And his wife gives him the wife stare. And he, he goes into his diatribe. He said, I love everything about it, honey. I love the smell of the grass. I love the uniforms. So I get excited about week one. Okay, I start All thinking right. about, okay, let's see who the matchups are. We're going to be starved for football. It's going to be beautiful fall, early September. And week one, I'll tell you what, the NFL did a hell of a job. They went big time this year. They got rid of a lot of those drab matchups, and they said, let's go for it right out of the gate. So, you know, I, had, I told you in advance, I really had a feeling my team was going to Tampa on Thursday. I said, makes perfect sense. You sell Dak coming back from injury, the most popular team in the league TV-wise, playing the GOAT, who's hoisting his seventh trophy in Tampa. Right. It's, a, it's, it's a great storyline. So I, th I think that's, for me as a fan, just if I wasn't a Cowboy fan, I'd still be excited about the matchup. Sure. Um, and, and I'm with you on that. It's a great way to, to, to open up the season, you know, Get yeah. the world champs. Get the world champs on there. And, and I'll be honest, America's as a fan, I want to play them then. Because here's the thing: I think it's very hard, as we know, to repeat in any sport. But I think even if a team does, they tend to. If they're if you're going to get them, look at my Dodgers this year. If you're going to get them, you get them early because they have trouble getting up after that championship. So much energy was expended. Now they just have to start thinking about we, we have to go through a whole season again. And I think sometimes that teams that have won will come out slow, like the 1993 Cowboys with Emmitt Smith holding out 0-2. Right. So I figure if the Cowboys, are, they're going to have to play the Bucs. They're on the schedule this year. Let's get them early because I think I want to get – if we have any you chance feel that, in the game. You feel that way even with basically that whole team coming back? Absolutely. Just because I think they have 22 guys. to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of bringing every guy back in any sport. I think change to a certain extent. I mean, continuity is great if you bring 19 or 20 guys back. But I think in baseball, football, even the NBA, you bring in a new guy every year. Somebody that is a big, you know, bit player in that that whole thing that gives the, the locker room a little energy. Because it's remember, they're champs now. They spent the whole offseason enjoying a championship in Tampa sniffing themselves, being told that they're bringing all 22 guys back. How the hell can they lose? All You're 22. Right. <laughs> Are they raising banners for that game? or what Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think they're going to raise a banner on opening night. I got to think that there's a banner going up that night. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. It'll so anyway, that is, let, 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 let's go to, let's go to, you know, that's just me as a fan. I want to play them early, but I'm excited about the matchup. Then you got the I, Steelers going to Buffalo. Another really like good it. matchup. Uh, yeah, it's a playoff playoff type matchup. 
Got a lot okay. Of- yep. Th- then they take. I like the they Seahawks take- and the Colts. I like the Seahawks and the Colts. I do like that. Seahawks and the Colts. The Cardinals going to Tennessee. The Cardinals are a good up and coming young team. A lot of talent there. JJ Watt on the defensive side of the ball. Tennessee's a playoff team. It's a good matchup. No, we got the Rams. The, we got the Chargers going to play the the football team in Washington. I mean, there's a lot of good matchups on this schedule. Hey, listen, kudos to the NFL. Um, giving as much of a softball as they can to Urban Meyer and having them play the Texans in week one. Congratulations, NFL. Let's see if we can get Ur- open. <laughs> well, Urban oh, wait a up. second. Do you see what they No, you know, you're making fun of it, but you know what they did there, I really believe? They're, I, I, this schedule just reeks of they want competitive games in game one, uh, in week one. I think they took two evenly matched teams and kind of put them against each other. If you look through the schedule, most of these games on paper, Cleveland's going to Kansas City. Great game. That's a great game. Miami's going to New England. Great game. Hey, the Jets are playing the Panthers. Think that's a coincidence? Right. I mean, they actually for they thought this through. The Bears at the Rams. There's competitive games here. The Broncos yeah. at the Giants. There's a game where you say, okay, there are two teams. We don't know what they could be winning teams, or if the quarterbacks don't play well, they could be losing teams. But they're two teams in a similar position, and yeah, they're playing no, each um, other. They they did some they did some good things. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting his former team coming to New Orleans um, to play. Oh, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you said Aaron Rodgers. See, I'm of the opinion, and maybe you aren't. I still think it's going to be hard for Aaron Rodgers to not take $30 million. That's just He's not going anywhere. Just a bunch yeah. of hullabaloo. Yeah. Um, um, Pat Sertan Sr., who I coached with, um, I, as we know, his son went to the Broncos. He is a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And I don't know, I don't even, I don't know if I'd even want to talk to him anymore if Aaron Rodgers ended up on the Broncos, as it has been rumored to – um, to believe that's going to happen out here. That would just be too perfect for him. Sons on the Broncos. Um, your guys on the Broncos. I just, I think I'd probably have to. Do I don't think, listen, I phone. think the Packers are a different kind of, of organization. I don't think they're just going to cave and trade them. I really don't. No, I think he'll be a Packer. It's just I don't think it's happening. I think, I, th- I think they'd just as soon say, well, okay, if you want to go host Jeopardy and retire, good luck. Do you love the Monday night game, Ravens versus Raiders? Sure. I need the Raiders are like one of my second teams. I have a bunch of teams I like to follow, like the Dolphins, the Rams, and the Raiders, besides the Cowboys. So they're like in my second team group, I call them. And I love the commitment to excellence. Al Davis brings back old memories. And the Ravens are a team I always enjoyed watching because I like Ray Lewis and that gang they had. So, no, that's that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about week one. When you hear, because we're you know roughly the same age, when you hear the Monday night football theme, what football team do you think about? To me, it's the Raiders. Uh, it's the it's it's either my team because I've always they were on a lot or the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it was always my like, backup. To me, my backup team's the 49ers, and they would always like get my Rams on Monday night and just yes, and yes. I go to but bed, I mean, you I know, the, the, but you the 49ers were a team always on. Like, there's there's three or four teams that were always on when we were kids. It was the Raiders, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and like the Steelers. Like it seemed like those teams played a ton, and, and probably because they were good, a ton of Monday night games. So I kind of think a team like old. I call them old school teams like that. I mean, I don't think about the Tennessee Titans when I hear the the Monday night football theme. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, maybe Earl Campbell, the Houston Oilers, maybe. Um, and Bum Phillips with his hat probably getting ready to say something crazy. Uh, the Bears are playing the Rams on that Sunday night game. Who's the quarterback of the Bears in that game? 
I, th- I think it's Trubinsky. Well, he's not there, so that's not. No, good. that's oh, that, oh, that's right. Well, who it's falls then, right? That's your right. That'd be one You're hell right. of a story if Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. No, you know what? I just had a brain fart. I forgot that. No, 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 no. You're right. Yeah. So I, then I yeah. think it's it's yeah. I mean, I don't think Fields is a starter. Let me put it that way. That'd be a hell of a place to put the rookie in against the Rams. Say, Cal- why Sunday. don't you why That'd don't you send them an email when we get off we got done doing the show and say Calamino, my co-host, wants you to start Trubinsky and see what they say to you. <laughs> you know, they might have to go themselves and downstairs and see if he's still in the lab. <laughs> hey, you mean he didn't leave yet? We told him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Pack your stuff, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're right. That's a that's a that's a good first week. Before we before we it close is. out on the schedule, what do you let's let's run through the Monday night schedule real quick. As we already talked about Ravens Raiders, week two, Lions, Packers. Not sure why we're doing that in week two. I, I don't love it. Uh, um, I think at some point these owners probably do have some say. It's a big club. And the you, you know, if you're gonna put the Lions on one primetime game, you might as well be against an old school rival like the Packers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Eagles, Cowboys, week three. I don't know what the Eagles are going to be. Uh, Emil. I, I'm, I'm not even sure what that team's going to look like. Uh, well, I mean, they gave Hertz a tool that he's used to playing with in Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm just, I, they've had a lot of turnover there. It's hard to judge, you know, what, what, like you said, they have a new coaching staff in place. Who knows? Who knows? It'll be interesting because those two teams genuinely, those franchises and fan bases genuinely don't like one another. So that's always a good game regardless. I'm down for a little Raiders-Chargers action week four. That- oh, yeah. That's a good one. Another good match. Raiders. How about the Raiders getting two of the first four the first Monday night? Yeah, I was going to say the, By the way, I like the fact that they didn't do the doubleheader nonsense week one where they have a 7 and 10 o'clock game because I'm not staying up till 1 in the morning, even though I like football. You didn't like that, huh? Eh, unless it was my team and, and I'd curse them. If they put my team on a 10 o'clock game and I just stay up till one thirty in the morning opening week. I mean, Hey, so I'm tired. I got baseball games. I've, I've been staying up till one in the morning. Okay. My, I need a break. <laughs> my goodness. So in years past, you just, you would, you would pass on that second game. Always. Wow. Yeah. Always. Some I watched football, maybe the first quarter. football fan you are. Well, you know, if you're not gambling on it, then it's time for some rest. If it's not your team and you're not gambling, it's time to go to bed. (laughs) Holy smokes. Um, Speaking of, you know, showing up early and often on Monday Night Football, week five is the Colts and the Ravens. And I think the Colts have a really hard schedule. I didn't really look at it, but I'm I'm looking at it now and it looks to be. Well, that's no picnic going to Baltimore on Monday night. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule now, man, and they're uh, they got some they, they got some stuff to deal with here. It's going to be interesting for them. Um, continuing on with the Monday night schedule, Bills and Titans. Good um, matchup. Yeah, certainly Saints at Seahawks. That's always good. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what the Saints are going to be without Breeze. True. We have no idea what that's going to look like. Well, they're going to play good defense. They're talented, but I'm just curious, uh, you know, what what they're going to do offensively because we're used to a different version. I'm not sure it's going to be that version without Breeze. So, all right, I don't know if I want to run through team by team, but you know what I find weird? Chiefs are only on Monday Night Football once this year, and it's Week yeah. Eight against the Giants. 
That's against the, against the Giants. That's kind of weird, but they probably have them in a lot of other. If we look through this and really uh, parse it, they're probably in a couple Sunday night slots and probably some 4.30 primetime Sunday. The, the big game on Sunday is usually the 4.30 game. So they're probably yeah, got, you know, a uh, bunch uh, of those. Maybe you know this. I don't. What are the rules that uh, the league has for how many appearances a team can make in prime time or on? I think five is the max, and there's the Cowboys. Uh, the uh, who else was it this year? The Cowboys. I want to say the Chiefs and Packers. There's four or five, four teams, three or four that had five games and what they consider prime time games, and that would be the Thursday game, the Monday, the Monday game, um, the Sunday night game. Yeah, or Sunday night game. So. So and that's the rule. You you know this to be a rule. I I don't know if it's limited to five, but they certainly did limit it at five. And I think you know, let's be honest, they get ratings from 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 any team with the great quarterback and the Cowboys. And if they could put the Cowboys in ten primetime games, they would, regardless of what their record is. All right. Well, I think that's going to close us out here on the schedule. I've got one last thing that we could touch on really really fast, and this has just been in my head. And, well, I don't know if I've got a tremendous amount of logic to throw at this thing, you know, but I, for some reason, think Jared Goff's going to have a better year than Matthew Stafford. Don't know why. One of those unexplainable things. I just think that's going to happen. Well, you did have some logic to throw at it because originally when we talked about that, you made some very, very good points on – some of the things that fans may not be considering were Stafford's going to the Rams. And it doesn't mean that they're deal breakers, but he hasn't really played in an offense like that. I mean, no, you know, unless, we're, you know, they're gonna, they're, unless they're going to make a, a, a big change to suit what he does. And now it's not the offense that has been successful them in, for, for them in years past, because you turned it into something different, but it's a whole bunch of now play action. And I'm here to tell you for a quarterback that's used to taking shotgun snaps and dropbacks, it's a totally different thing now to be doing a bunch of play fakes and not see the defense right away and then spin around and have to make a quick decision based on what you're seeing. It's a totally different thing. You're like almost relearning the position. Fans don't get that because on TV, everything looks small. They don't realize when you, you know, a guy, a guy fakes, turns around and he has to throw it out. You know, even if it's a seven yard pass, it may travel 25 yards in the air and he's got to do that quickly. And that's not really what he does. Like you said, he takes shotgun snaps, he surveys the field and he has a rocket launcher for an arm. And there there you go. That's what he does. Yeah. Quicker throws. And he's in a tough division. Seattle's going to be good. Obviously San Francisco is going to be good and they're chomping at the bit. And, And as you said, Arizona's an up and coming team that um, is is going to be a problem. It's not going to be an easy out. And for Jared Goff in Detroit, I don't think they're going to ask him to do a whole bunch, and there won't be huge expectations for him. I'm just on – No, I, 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 listen, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's a bad, a bad landing spot for Goff because he's, you know, in some ways, may, maybe just flying under the radar a little will help him get his career back on track. In, it, it, because let's be honest, no one's going to be paying attention to Detroit this year, not unless they start off 4-0 and or something. No, so, and you know what? He might be better taking shotgun snaps if that's what he, they're going to he, do. He there. might be because, again, you, you know, uh, that offense they run, you know, that offense the Rams run is a different kind of offense, and it just requires a quarterback to do a lot of, a lot of different things that a lot of these guys aren't used to doing. And, uh, you know, like I said, it could be one of those things where, yeah, each guy – one guy gets worse going to a better team, and one guy gets better going to a worse team. Yeah, how about that? That's the NFL for you. But 
Um, and that's also our time. We, we did over an hour here. Look, I hope we informed you, entertained you, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to ask you guys once again, uh, go ahead and subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're using. Um, we would appreciate that. If you have any thoughts about anything that we said on the show today and you are on the Anchor platform, you can leave us a voice message. I swear I'm going to hand out some kind of an incentive, some kind of a contest for someone to leave us a voice message. Um, I just want to I just want to get that uh, particular feature used on this. Don't. It'll be your brother. Anchor. It'll be your brother throwing his voice, leaving us a message. You'll be sending him a gift. Look. If he's got to be the guy to Christian this thing, then so be it. Um, But you can do that on the Anchor app. Go ahead and find that voice message, and you can curse Amal out for all of his horrendous takes that he put on the show today. Other than that, though, um, if you want to reach us on the show, you have a question, a comment, um, or anything of that nature, you can send it to uh, cwilson at gridironstuds.com, and you know I might read it on the next show. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'll read it on the next show. so long as it's not laced with four-letter words, that would hurt, you know, your mind. Unless it's here. funny. If it's laced with four-letter words and it's funny, it, yeah, then you're still yeah, reading it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's going to have to be a comedic element to it. Yes. But yes, you can, you, can reach, uh, you can reach us by email, cwilson at, uh, at uh, gridironstuds.com. All right? That's all the time we have. We appreciate you folks dropping in here with us and letting us talk your hair off for the last hour or so. So um, we do appreciate that. Another show coming at you next week. As uh, we jump into the NBA playoffs, um, there's more NFL stuff coming away, mini camps, and uh, of course, college football is um, you know gonna continue doing their thing. I don't know who, what great decision they may come up with in the next week or so, but I'm sure there'll always be something for us to talk about. So again, we appreciate you jumping in and listening to us for Emil Calamino. I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. See you guys next week. Hey, listen up, Loyal Gridiron Stud Show fans. There are apps, and then there are apps. Forget all the social media time wasters. I'm talking about an app that can actually put money in your pocket. I'm talking about Acorns. Ask any successful multimillionaire or billionaire about wealth, and they will sing the praises of compound interest. When you download the Acorns app and open an account, you can instantly start putting a little compound interest in your life. Acorn sets you up with the ability to make money off of the spare change in your bank account through the use of roundups from your debit card purchases. You can also set a monthly contribution to your investment account that allows you to earn interest while you sleep. Simply set the type of investment portfolio that you want, whether that is aggressive, moderately aggressive, or conservative, then connect your bank account for deposits, then forget about it. Each purchase you Make on your debit card plus your recurring monthly or weekly contribution goes into your investment account and starts compounding. On top of all that, you can earn extra investment bucks for yourself when you refer friends to Acorns. Watch out, Mark Cuban. Here comes the next billionaire. No, seriously. Set up your future by downloading what I continue to call the most underrated app that's out there. Turn your financial life around with the Acorns app. I did. Click on the link in the description of this episode and download the Acorns app today. Your future will thank you.